Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. Because it was born in battle and has always feared for its survival, Israel in its 73rd year is still putting its defense over diplomacy. A foreign policy conducted by professionals is nice to have, but protecting the homeland from invasion and devastation is a must. Generals are therefore seen in Jerusalem more important than ambassadors. And in an uneven global arena, Israel has to carefully balance its relationship with a friendly U.S. administration, with the cooler feelings of Europe, Russia, and China, with their interests and policies farther than Israel's regarding Iran and the Palestinians. How high is Israel's diplomatic standing, and what challenges is it facing? To discuss this issue, we're joined from central Israel by Colonel in Reserve Miri Eisen, who is an Israeli public diplomacy, security, and intelligence expert at the International Institute for Counterterrorism in Herzliya. Welcome. Thank you. Also joining us from another location from central Israel is Ambassador Dania Yalon, who is Israel's former Deputy Foreign Minister and Ambassador to the United States. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And with me in the studio is our TV7 analyst, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding on Israel's diplomatic standing and how does Israel shift between the need to preserve its security uh, versus the, the need to bolster its uh, diplomatic relations worldwide? So uh, our uh, roster today is a perfect picture of what you talked about in your introduction. We have a senior military officer, now retired, and a senior foreign service officer, uh, now retired too, from both uh, the foreign ministry and uh, from politics. Although from politics you never know. You can go back uh, on, <laughs> on active uh, duty. And yes... Recycle. Uh, Recycle, yes. Uh, and yes, um, the uh, uh, defense needs of Israel always had and will always have priority over the diplomatic means needed to assist both the policymakers and uh, the uh, fighters. And therefore, as Israel looks around its area and at uh, global powers, it first asks itself, what are the threats? And um, if the threat is now uh, Iran and Hezbollah and Hamas, and perhaps a collapse of the Palestinian Authority, what means should Israel employ in order to take care of uh, these uh, challenges? So um, it is no coincidence that many Israeli prime ministers have chosen to also hold the defense portfolio, Ben-Gurion, Begin, Rabin, Barak, for a time, Netanyahu, while only two, Sharet and Shamir, uh, held the foreign affairs portfolio for a short uh, term. And uh, therefore, the foreign ministry sometimes suffers from, from <clears throat> neglect, and diplomacy is being conducted uh, at the prime ministerial echelon, and Daniel alone, uh, as well as Mir Eisen, were there. They so how it is done at the very top. And the defense people, both the uh, civilian defense minister and the chief of staff, the director of military intelligence and other 
senior officers also conduct diplomacy. Only then come the diplomats. Not to forget, of course, that also Prime Minister Netanyahu held the portfolio of foreign minister for an uh, extensive period of time uh, in uh, uh, his previous terms. But I'd like to refer the next question to Ambassador Ayalon. all said and done, uh, what Mr. Ogan stated is uh, uh, quite accurate. However, uh, when we're talking about the latest hype surrounding the peace agreements, for instance, or normalization accords between Israel, uh, the United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain, respectively, uh, we hear the the three sides speaking about economic benefits, about prosperity, about development, and and all kind of uh, elements of mutual benefit. Uh, when we're talking about uh, this uh, historic accord. But when we're looking specifically last week, uh, there was the the business uh, summit in in, uh, uh, Abu Dhabi. The only one who stated the security angle to this was uh, Secretary of the Treasury of the United States, Stephen Mnuchin, who raised the fact that this is bolstering cooperation in all that pertains to confronting uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran and the Ayatollah regime's malign policies and strategies for the region, something that uh, neither Israel nor the United Arab Emirates, nor Bahrain for that matter, are putting uh, an emphasis on. Why is that? And to what degree is uh, the security arrangement behind the scenes uh, the the a bigger denominator, if you will, uh, with regard to the the bolstered relations uh, on the diplomatic level? Well, first, Jonathan, I would like to say that uh, here in the Middle East, where, uh, you know, it's the, the jungle uh, rules reign supreme and uh, where there is no second chance and certainly the, the, the weak cannot uh, survive, of course, the uh, security interest and uh, hence the uh, defense establishment here in Israel uh, has always uh, had the uh, the advantage and always had the, uh, the upper hand in the inner, I would say, um, government uh, uh, struggles. Uh, if you add to that fact, as uh, Amir mentioned, uh, our first uh, Prime Minister Ben-Gurion was also the foreign, or was also the defense minister, uh, Charette at that time was the defense. They were not really buddies. And I think this is what uh, pretty much uh, cemented uh, for years until now this relationship and uh, the superiority of defense over foreign. Uh, if I can reduce it to just one word that Ben Gurion said, uh, and um, Amir can remind us, I think maybe it was in 56 after Kadesh or before, uh, he said, Um Shmum, that means the entire Um, the UN. And the entire, that means entire international community is not worth a, a thing. That means only by force we will establish ourselves. But there is a caveat here because um, Israel has always needed the uh, uh, diplomatic support. And if we go again back and if we, if we do a, uh, a recitation of, um, you know, since 1948, Israel always needed a superpower to be at its side, whether it was the... Uh, Soviet Union back in 1948, whether it was France, and of course, since 1968 and on, 67 on, is the United States. And why is that? Because we need a country which also has a veto power at the UN. It is true that the um, the General Assembly, the UN General Assembly, uh, their uh, resolutions, and you have hundreds of anti-Israeli resolutions, but these resolutions 
are merely declarations. They have no mandate, they have no legal standing, and certainly not uh, a, a political ones. However, the Security Council, this is where the votes count. And the Security Council can uh, impose sanctions, can even call on uh, uh, peace uh, uh, forces, also invasions to countries. Look at uh, uh, Afghanistan or uh, Iraq uh, of, of, of recent. This is where the, uh, the diplomacy, this is where I would say ambassadors, and I don't take it personally, yes, generals are very important, although Amir, you will remember Clemenceau, the French um, uh, uh, prime minister, World War One, said that wars were too serious to leave it out to the generals. But uh, going back to Israeli generals, Israeli generals are different. They're very smart, very dedicated. I, I would say by, by you know, it, uh, as a matter of rule, they're much more uh, weighty in the decision making than ambassadors, except one, which is the ambassador to the United States, because he is the one who has to secure uh, veto uh, uh, resolutions or casting by the uh, U.S. and, of course, the uh, the total gamut of uh, relationship between the U.S. and, and Israel. Now, mm -hmm. we have had uh, now an avalanche of uh, new countries um, establishing uh, a relationship with Israel since 1991, basically after the uh, the first uh, Gulf War, and of course after 93, the Oslo, um, um, you know, declaration and the uh, negotiations with the Palestinians, and recently now we see in the Gulf, Jonathan, as as you mentioned, this is all very important bilaterally, but when it comes to Israel positioning worldwide, it doesn't really count because all those countries that love to do um, bilateral um, uh, business with us, and they benefit a lot from it in terms of uh, uh, strategic cooperation, intelligence sharing, of course, uh, in terms of uh, um, technology transfer and all that. When it comes to international arena in the UN, for instance, you cannot count on their votes. You can hardly count on European votes. However, um, as I mentioned before, they, they, they real, they, uh, the uh, crux the real anchor of Israel foreign uh, diplomacy is with the United States. I have always said when I was in Washington uh, that uh, if, if I had to choose uh, whether Israel should have majority in the plenary in New York of the UN or the plenary in Washington DC at the uh, two houses of Congress, of course, I wouldn't mind being just uh, ostracized in the UN as long as I am the favorite in Washington. And this is still the case now and I'm saying it now, uh, just uh, two weeks before uh, elections in the U.S., I hope this will continue no matter who uh, is going to be elected. Colonel Eisen, uh, while uh, I, I do not personally diminish uh, the importance of uh, uh, foreign diplomacy, uh, nor of, of strong power, for that matter, for uh, military, uh, I do see uh, the specifically uh, the military and the use of strong power as one of the tools of diplomacy, if uh, uh, I'm not uh, mistaken, when uh, uh, the Diplomats are talking and, and those uh, conversations develop. If they abruptly end, uh, guns might uh, start blaring. Uh, but uh, to what degree uh, is the, the priority line between the diplomatic front and the military front in Israel aligned or uh, in a certain degree in, in a bad 
um, category of prioritizing those uh, two factors correctly? Jonathan, it's a fascinating question to try to understand how should we prioritize? We've heard now both from Amir, from Danny, from yourself in the introduction about Israel and diplomacy in 73 years, and yet we do realize that in Israel it does seem to be that it's not a question of the military, it's rather the viewpoint of a security viewpoint being the one that very much defines Israeli policy. And I think that it's that security viewpoint which impacts the military wars and diplomacy. When we're looking, and in that description that Danny just gave of our special important relationship with the United States of America that we so want to keep bipartisan is because we're looking at it through the security of the state of Israel and that it benefits us in security issues. And I don't think that that has changed in our 73 years, meaning in the priorities of the government of the state of Israel, of the prime minister of the state of Israel, it's about security and diplomacy is used to ensure security as opposed to diplomacy um, being used and you know like it's not just about all of the other aspects that we like to think of when we say diplomacy. I'll add one more point on that that Israel is an odd country. Certainly for the first 30 years of our existence we did not have borders that we could travel through. Something that our viewers right now take for granted, that you can drive, not in Corona, but in general, that you can drive from wherever you are in Europe, in the United States, in North and South America, lots of places in Asia, you can go through borders. And for our first 30 years, you couldn't do that. And then we could do that with Egypt. That was still, to, to this day, you cannot drive to Lebanon or drive to Syria that we border. And I think that this impacts our diplomacy again, because we look at it through security eyes. We look at how we can be careful and ensure it. In the diplomatic world, there's a new term which is called military diplomacy. Because at the end of the day, the military itself, certainly Israeli military, but not unique to here, we also do diplomacy. We do military to military ties. It's a whole additional arena of international relations, but they're very focused on security. So I accept everything that my panelists together have said, but I think that we need to look at it through those security eyes. Indeed. Mr. Owen, I'd like to challenge you a bit. To what degree is Israel a pawn in the affairs of global powers? Uh, as uh, both Ambassador Ayalon and Colonel Eisen said correctly, uh, Israel is in dire need of its uh, major ally, a superpower, the United States, uh, in order to preserve its national security interests, of course, with the Holocaust engraved in, in the back mind of every Israeli uh, due to uh, the, the education system here, keeping that uh, uh, mind alive and therefore also uh, driving a certain uh, other outlook at life than, than other nations, to what degree are we now playing into the hands of American foreign policy when they're dealing, for instance, in the Middle East vis-a-vis uh, -vis China or Russia? Well, um, a clever or sophisticated pawn can play off 
his masters, his would-be masters. And um, indeed, as uh, Danny Ayalon mentioned, uh, when the State of Israel was established, both the Soviet Union and the United States, for various reasons, competed with each other in helping Israel. In the United States, domestic politics was also involved. Um, the um, election campaign of uh, Truman versus Dewey in um, the same uh, year, 1948. Um, Israel uh, always knew that the Middle East is secondary um, in the uh, mindset of the uh, superpowers to uh, the main arena, Europe. Um, the Middle East was important because of oil, uh, earlier because of uh, basis for the uh, strategic air command, and because uh, if the Soviet Union uh, were to invade Iran or Iraq and go south, uh, the West would need some help uh, by the Arab states, and Israel could be sacrificed. So Israel indeed worked to enlist uh, support in the uh, capitals of the superpowers. And later, uh, even um, as uh, long ago as uh, 1990, 1991, uh, during the Gulf War, Israel was told to stand aside and not get involved in responding to Saddam Hussein's missiles because it was going to break up the coalition. So Israel knows its place, but it has some room for maneuver. And yes, you are right, the uh, American-Chinese competition right now is a problem. Um, Israel doesn't want to get on the Chinese's uh, uh, bedside and cancel contracts, but uh, it must uh, tread very lightly so that its uh, great patron, the United States, does not uh, turn around and uh, slap it uh, on the hand. Ambassador Ayalon, same question to you. Well, definitely can look at uh, Israel and the other um, countries, uh, medium size, small size, all over the world, especially during the uh, the Cold War, as pawns on the chessboards, mainly between the, uh, of course, the Soviet Union, the defunct of the Soviet Union now, and the United States. But as Amir alluded to, uh, Israel had a card which is very unique, and this is, uh, I would say, the political involvement of the Jewish community in the United States, which also were very, very uh, helpful. Also, I think that once we have shown that not only we can survive here in this area, but we can basically thrive and, uh, and, and get more and more, uh, let's say, uh, power, it was very much in the United States' uh, interest. And I think that the, again, the, uh, the the watershed was in 1967, the 67 uh, war. This is where the U.S., uh, the entire U.S., I would say, administration and establishment realized that we are here to stay. Until then, you know, it was very, very uh, iffy, touch and go, and they were not really a strategic uh, friends of Israel. Um, since then... I think that the United States have wanted Israel as um, some would say, you know, as their, um, I would say, uh, aircraft. You know, there was uh, some research in, in Congress back in the early 80s uh, when uh, there was criticism about the aid, the military aid that Israel, that Israel gets from the United States uh, that uh, basically 
it is really very, very uh, uh, small in comparison to other allies because Israel is the only country that uh, never asked for American uh, uh, GIs uh, to, to fight for, for it. And also, if you look at the, let's say, three, $3.8 billion that we get a year, if you compare it to other allies of the United States, whether it's uh, Japan, you know, the bases in Okinawa, or in uh, South Korea uh, with 28,000 GIs, it is much more. It's uh, in, in, in terms of uh, uh, monetary and, and costs and, and efforts, let alone Europe, of course, with all the bases in, in Stuttgart and in the Napoli, the, the, the Navy and, and all that. So Israel was, was always you know, playing in a way that it's not just a one-way street American aid to Israel, but also the United States is getting a lot out of its uh, friendship and military alliance with Israel. Now, as the years progressed, of course, and Israel has honed down its intelligence and the strategic uh, ability, this also helped the United St States, whether today, whether it's in missile uh, defense, whether it's in cybersecurity, whether it's in uh, uh, counterterrorism tactics and, uh, and methods of uh, operations. So now the two establishments, the, 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 the security establishment in between the two countries are very, very uh, strong. And so I, I wouldn't say that we are very much pawns anymore if you add to that the fact that the us is now pivoting from the united from from the middle east because the oil is not uh, as important yes waterways of the middle east the passages between the hemispheres is very important and this is why i believe the united states will not completely leave uh, uh, the area but they have a bigger fish to fry namely uh, china but still they see uh, i think israel is a very very important ally here in this uh, region. And uh, now that uh, Israel has very good relations, both with Moscow and Washington, less so with uh, with uh, Beijing, I think we are in a much, probably in the best geopolitical position that we have ever been. Not to forget, of course, that the memorandum of understanding that was signed under the Obama administration uh, earmarked all of the $3.8 billion uh, uh, given to Israel to be invested in American military industry, which means that it creates actually American jobs and then is somewhat of an investment into R&D of uh, American uh, military equipment rather than uh, just a donation for for uh, goodwill or, or something of sorts. Uh, Colonel Eisen, I'd like to hear the same uh, angle from your part. And uh, to add to it also, to what degree do you think that Israel uh, should allow uh, uh, the United States, for that matter, as the United States is the closest and most important strategic ally of the, United, uh, of, uh, the state of Israel, uh, to dictate uh, its uh, position uh, with regard to China or with Russia, as uh, Mr. Oren also stated, and also Ambassador Ayalon very correctly, that uh, we are in between two very delicate uh, uh, positions and were reprimanded by U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Before that, John Bolton, the former National Security Advisor of the White House, they came here specially to inform Israel that we should scale back on allowing Chinese infrastructure to be uh, uh, developed here in Israel. Isn't this the question that we're all asking right now? Should we be changing alliances? 
I may have a slightly different approach than what I heard from my so esteemed colleagues until now. We're not, Israel, the 51st state of the United States of America. We are an independent power. We are a regional power. We're not a world power. But we are a regional power. We do have a very strong physical security stance, but we also have an economy. We export both to Europe and to Africa. We're an agricultural technological power, and these are aspects that are also very important when it comes to diplomacy. I do not think we should allow ourselves to be a pawn of anybody. I do think that we need to know how to do through diplomacy to build alliances. But that's not about the United States or, for that matter, any other country telling us what to do. You've all mentioned China. I want to remind everybody that India will surpass China in the amount of people within the next decade or so. And Israel has been building a strong, important diplomatic relationship with India. With India, we've also built a certain, I would say, I mean, again, we self We sell hardware, we sell military, we teach, we advise. These are all within the diplomatic world. And I wouldn't want us to be in a spot where we are only on one. And having said all of that, I want to be clear. I think that Israel's strategic alliance, not pawn, strategic alliance with the United States is incredibly important. And I also think that Israel, as an independent state, can develop relationships with all sorts of other countries. We're not, we don't stop doing things only because of the United States. Indeed. Something that uh, uh, Colonel Eisen mentioned correctly is the strong relations and growing even stronger, being the biggest recipient of uh, Israeli military hardware and uh, also civilian infrastructure and, and other aspects. Uh, India under Prime Minister Mirandra Modi have been, uh, uh, relations have never been better. Um, we're drawing near to the end of the program. Mr. Owen, what is the trajectory for Israeli diplomacy? Are we going to see emerging alliances in the near future? The hidden assumption uh, when all four of us have spoken is that uh, the conflict, the Arab-Israeli conflict and within it the Palestinian-Israeli conflict will go on. For Israel, the vision should be striving to end the conflict, to bring about the end of claims so that there will be peace throughout the region, around Israel, and for that, Israel has to harness both its military as well as its diplomacy to bring about it. As long as the situation stays as it is, Israel has to play very, very sophisticated games between the various powers. Well, this is unfortunately all the time that we have for today. I'd like to thank Ambassador Ayalon for being uh, part of today's panel, as well as Colonel Eisen uh, and also Mr. Owen. Thank you so very much. Thank you. And I'd like also to thank our viewers, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.